And a very warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead and as always a specially warm welcome to members of our family and friends joining us from all across the country and around the world. As you know Katrina's on leave this week so we're really pleased that Lena is leading our worship this morning. I think almost all of us know that Lena is the assistant principal at the Scottish Baptist College and also a member of the Manager's Court of our church. So thank you, Lena, and we look forward to this morning. As well as Lena's voice, we'll also hear the voices of Holly, Dr. Beth, and Brian. And the musicians we'll hear on the recordings this morning will be Paul, Yang Yang, and Ailey. And in a minute or two, Freya and Sarah and their family will be lighting our candle so if you would like to light a candle at the same time, you will be very welcome to do that. Then at 7pm this evening, we meet again on Zoom for evening worship when Christine Johnston will be leading. This will be a, a simple communion service, so please have something ready to eat and drink if you're coming to evening worship today. Then just a little uh, word about our Lent appeal. This year, our appeal will be on behalf of Glasgow City Mission. As I mentioned in our prayers last week, the staff and volunteers of the City Mission are working very hard still through all the restrictions of COVID to support homeless people and vulnerable families living in poverty. Um, so Katrina has set up a Just Giving page, just as she did for Christian Aid at Christmas time. And that page will be active throughout the whole of Lent. So from this Wednesday until Easter Sunday, the page will remain open. And so we've got loads of time to make our donations to Glasgow City Mission. I'll send out an email with the address of the Just Giving page. It will also be in the March edition of the church magazine uh, and also on the church's Facebook page from today onwards. So there'll be loads of ways um, that you can find out the address of that Just Giving page and the whole of Lent uh, to make our donations. But I'll, I'll remind folk later on. Then uh, in family news, just to say that obviously Katrina's on leave until Thursday and we hope that she's having some good rest 
and relaxation during that time. So um, in the meantime, until Thursday, if you need somebody, please give me a call instead or one of the other managers and we'll do our best to help. But Katrina will be back next Sunday morning to lead worship at 11 a.m. And she will also be leading evening worship next Sunday at 7 p.m. as this is the first in our Lent series, which is inspired by the Elton John biopic Rocket Man. So even if you don't normally attend evening worship, you will be very welcome to join us for this particular series. It won't be worship in the sense of hymns and prayers and whatever, but will be a very close look at extracts from the film and what that might say to us uh, as we seek to live our lives as Christians. Now it's over to Freya and Sarah to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. And let me add my welcome to everyone who is here or will be listening to our service. We start with a couple of verses from Psalm 50, which will be read throughout the world in many 
many churches today in many, many languages. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. O oh God of all, we thank you for the gift of light, for daylight and for sunshine and for electricity that enables us to have light even when there is no sun and lights up our screens so that we can be together this morning too. But above all, thank you for allowing us to come into your light. Thank you for the new light that is streaming when you gather us as your people. You shine forth, and in your light, we see light. You speak and summon the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Would you also speak to us through your beloved Son and by the renewing power of your Spirit? Open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts so that we may listen and understand, so that we may see and recognize, so that we may feel and respond. In the name of Jesus, your beloved Son, we pray. Amen. We join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
reading today is taken from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Put to death 
was put to death and so will the sun and keep your word disguise the vision till the time has come Lost in a cloud A voice Have no Lamb of God, we draw near, lost in the cloud. A sign, son of man, son of God, lost in the cloud. A voice, have no fear, we draw near, lost in the cloud. A sign. Son of man, turn your ear, lost in the cloud. A voice, Lamb of God, we draw near, lost in the cloud. A sign, Son of man, Son of God. This year we have an interesting coincidence, which probably you have already spotted. Our parts of the world usually go a bit crazy on February the 14th, when hearts and the color pink and chocolates and flowers appear, and so does the obligatory romance that those who are couples are supposed to demonstrate to each other. In these times of the pandemic, it's been much more subdued, hasn't it? But it's still an important feast in the commercial calendar. Of course, there are among us some contrarians who insist on ignoring this feast and refusing to be told when to express love and buy flowers and treat their loved ones to a nice meal. Thank you very much. And I confess of being among such contrarians. Some of you know that one of the subjects close to my heart on which I often write and speak is our perceptions of marriage and singleness. And I do think that the way we as a society celebrate Valentine's Day reflects an unhelpful caricature of love that we've created, a reduction of love to only one of its many, many expressions. Valentine's Day has been made especially uncomfortable to many single people who still largely live in the world in which their singleness is seen as an exception from the rule, as something peculiar, strange, or unfortunate. Well, I won't say anything more as it would be an entirely different sermon, but you see where I'm coming from. Yet today, it's not only Valentine's, it's also Transfiguration Sunday the Sunday just before Lent, when the church 
traditionally recalls the story from the gospel we heard, read, and sung just a few minutes ago. And this combination of Valentine's and transfiguration gives us an opportunity to think about love in relation to this event in the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell the story of transfiguration in their gospels, which seems to be an indication of how important it was to the early churches. The story starts with Jesus inviting three of his closest disciples to climb a high mountain with him. Now, mountain is an important symbol here. For the people of Israel, mountain is where God shows up. Remember Moses? He had several of such encounters. It started with a burning bush, and then it happened again when he was on the Mount Sinai receiving the law of God. Him encountering God up on that mountain was an event that changed the course of the wandering people named Israelites. And later on, a similar thing happened to Elijah, the prophet, who is the first after Moses that the Bible mentions climbing up that same mountain. Elijah, too, is involved in several mountain episodes, but perhaps especially important is the one where he is absolutely exhausted and disappointed, but follows God's promise to pass by the mountain. Maybe you remember that story. A terrible howling wind passes, but God is not in the wind. And then there is an earthquake and then a fire, but God is not there either. And after that, the sound of sheer silence, hearing which Elijah wraps his face in his mantle. God's glory is there, up on the mountaintop, in that sound of silence. And so here they are now, the three disciples going up and following Jesus. The climbing itself must have involved quite a bit of effort. Searching for the stable rocks to place the foot next, looking up to see how much climbing is left, occasionally glancing down to see the world and the valley getting smaller and smaller. And finally, reaching the top, sweating and panting. And then the most extraordinary thing happens. The clothes of Jesus become dazzling white, whiter than any known substance could bleach. And then Moses and Elijah appear next to him. Jesus is there standing with the law and the prophets as their equal and more. And as the three men talk, Jesus, Moses, Elijah, Another three men watch, 
dumbfounded, terrified. And Peter, who's never been shy to talk before thinking, hears himself saying, teacher, let us make three dwellings for you three. Let's stay here forever. And then a cloud overshadows them and a voice is heard. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. This is God's yes to Jesus, his life and his teaching. God's yes to what still lies ahead. This is my son whom I love. The same words which have been pronounced at his baptism. Jesus transfigured or transformed. It is this moment which throughout the centuries various artists like to capture in their paintings. No doubt you probably can think of some of them in, in the eye of your mind. It is beautiful, that moment. It's extraordinary. It's a symbol of the ultimate of mountaintop experiences. And that's exactly what Peter wants to do as well, suggesting that they build them tents there on the mountain, making the whole thing permanent, memorializing it. One just wants to freeze this moment as a picture, as a painting, as a photograph, perhaps, so that this moment of glory never ends. Thinking about this, I was recalling how some people are lamenting the state of today's Christianity, saying that so often Jesus is readily worshipped, but not followed. Somehow, I felt with this perfect picture or painting or photograph, we're facing the same problem. And maybe you feel a bit like that too. If it remains a static picture, then there's not much to do with it except to hang it on a wall to admire as a memorial of things that took place at a different age, at a different time. It's a stunning decoration. But what exactly does it have to do with our everyday lives? So how about instead of turning it into a fixed picture, we look at this story again and perhaps notice some new details and connections to other scriptures. Let's start with the dazzling white clothing of Jesus that sounds almost like a commercial for a good washing powder. I don't know if you can recall where else in scripture where else in the New Testament, the image of dazzling white clothes appears. It's the book of Revelation, and those white clothes are mentioned multiple times. It's the clothing of the faithful, of the martyrs, of those who persevered. And so we're already given a hint that this glorious moment of Jesus will have a great cost involved. And 
we might also notice something about the composition of this scene that takes place at the Transfiguration. It mirrors not only Moses' encounter with God and the giving of the law and Elijah and his encounter with the God of the still small voice, but also it mirrors another occasion. In that occasion, there are also three sympathetic onlookers, but they're not James, Peter, and John. Instead, they are the three women who have been with Jesus throughout his ministry. On that occasion, there is also an elevation, not of the mountain, but of a cross. There, Jesus is also exchanging words with someone on his right and on his left. This time, though, it's not the prophets, but thieves. Rather than glory and splendor, this is an experience of horrific suffering and humiliation. This is the cost of love that keeps its arms open wide, even on a cross. There is a direct connection between the glory of transfiguration and the cross. Jesus had to go through both. And if we are to follow him, we cannot have one without the other. Being in awe of the transfigured Jesus by itself will not make us his disciples. Having special earth-shattering experiences of God's presence will not be enough. Jesus has to be followed, not only worshiped. Whatever spiritual experiences we might have had, those of a still small voice nudging us quietly or mighty deeds of God to whom we have been witnesses of. All those must be remembered and treasured as a gift, but God's glory will go with Jesus to the valley, to the disciples who, Yes, including Peter, James, and John will seem to continuously misunderstand his mission. It will go to the churches, struggling to live out the actuality of God's kingdom in their own midst. It will go to broken families and broken relationships. It will go to curable and incurable diseases. It will go to mockery and brutality. God's glory will be there as a suffering love. If we hear the invitation to share in the glory of Jesus, we must realize that it also means an acceptance of his cross, a cruciform life of love, of losing one's life time and again, only to find it anew. The two, the glory and the cross, belong together. 
And perhaps it is for this reason that Jesus orders James, Peter and John not to tell anybody about what they had seen up on the mountain until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Some things can only be understood and revealed in the light of Easter. Until then, they can only be pondered upon. As we look at Jesus, transfigured, transformed, we are invited into his life, into the love of God, which also transforms us into a life of sharing that love with others. And with Jesus, hearing the words from the cloud, this is the one that I love. Finding our life in his life and being found in love as we share in his work. As I thought about what song could accompany us after this reflection, I stumbled upon a piece written by an Australian artist, Robin Mann, residing in Adelaide. I thought the words were exactly where or what I wanted us to hear, but I couldn't find any music or recording online. However, there was his email, and so I emailed him and told us about um, our service today. And being a nice person that he is, Robin wrote back to me, kindly sharing his own recording of the song and also adding these words. He said, I thought I'd check out Hillhead Baptist in Glasgow, so my search led me to Wikipedia and Facebook. Your church is a similar age to ours, his church being St. Stephen's Lutheran in Adelaide. Um, our church, he says, was founded in 1862, current church building, uh, 1898. He says he was heartened by this little connection and said, it gives extra reality to our confessed belief in the community of saints. So here it is, personally from the author. Uh, we can listen and follow the words or join in. Now, I should warn you, it's not the style that is usual for us, but this is a transfiguration day and a day for unusual music. So there, um, it might even give you an earworm for the rest of today. Open your eyes, see yourself in the one who's shining on the hill. Hear the voice say to you, this is the one that I love. Open your eyes, see yourself in the one who's shining on the hill. Hear the voice say to you, this is the one that I love. Open your eyes, see yourself in the one who's shining on the hill. Hear the voice say to you, this is the one that Yourself in the waters of the Jordan Baptized into all that Christ will do Go to your Jerusalem Eat and watch and pray with him Take your cross and follow on the way Open your eyes, see yourself in the one who's shining on the hill Hear the voice say to 
So we bring our prayers uh, for others and for ourselves. Let us pray together. And we reflect on a God whose glory spreads across the vastness of the universe and yet intimately right into human hearts. Transfigured and transforming God, we pray that you will renew in us and in all people a sense of mystery and wonder. Place the bright light of your startling truth around all the things that we thought we knew so that we may be surprised again at the dimensions of faith to which we are called. And then God in Jesus, Turn us around to go down from the mountain into the plains of life where people despair and become cynical, where people suffer and lose sight of anything good, and where people look at each other and see little of worth. Place the light of your life around us all that we may see each other transfigured by your love for us all. And so with these thoughts and prayers, we pray for the world and for ourselves. At all times and in all places, we have seen and we still see the abuse of power and influence Abuse by state authorities, by private companies, by those who control the media, by those who fail to control the media, through racism, through misogyny. We remember this morning that our own countries on these islands are far from immune from these abuses. But we look globally this morning 
and call to mind Myanmar, ethnic cleansing and political turmoil, Uganda, political repression, Hungary and Poland, the undermining of checks and balances in the governance of society, Nigeria, where there is fresh hope for justice for communities who have now been given the legal right to sue oil companies which have polluted their environment. We pray in particular this morning for the World Health Organization. We pray as it continues in its decades long task of trying to encourage and enable cooperation amongst world governments, even when there are so many agendas running and when that is a challenging process. And this morning, our partners in BMS World Mission this week ask us to focus our prayers on relief work. Every year, countries around the world face multiple crises. And BMS World Mission's partners based in and near affected communities are quick to respond, ensuring the right support is given at the right time. We are asked to pray for churches on the ground who play a key part in BMS relief responses and who often find themselves in the midst of a crisis with no warning. We ask us to pray that these will be places of safety and hope for the communities around them. And for our own community of Baptists here in Scotland, this week we are asked to pray for John Crabe, who's the chaplain at Lomos Prison. We're asked to give thanks that Lomos has been affected only modestly by coronavirus. The prisoners have mostly been accepting of the modified regime with fewer visits, less work and slower progression to release and have handled the pandemic with remarkable calm. And we remember our sister churches at Bridge of Dawn, Bristol in Edinburgh, and Broughty Ferry. And here within Hillhead, people traveling through life together and trying to be better followers of Jesus. This week, our prayer rota encourages us to remember our worship group and musicians, Jean R, Sylvia and Norman, Ailey, John, Owen and Ethan, Joan, Margaret S, Mary and Ian, Noala, Jonathan, Idris and Casper, Jennifer, Neil and Jensen. This morning we heard these words of scripture. Suddenly, 
when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. May we as individual pilgrims and as a community of faith walk free into the clouds which cover the mountains of life and discover our God waiting there in a mystery of grace and love. Amen. pondering what we have seen of God's glory. Let's remember the holy moments and then go down the valley and love as our Lord loved. And may God shine the light of glory into our hearts. May Christ guide us into transformation and be with us wherever we go. And may the Spirit Keep growing God's love in everything we are and everything we do. Let us go to love and serve the Lord. Amen.